All right. Well, I'll go ahead and start. Um, my name's Grace. I am a compulsive overeater. I've been in a uh, program abstinent for two and a half years. Um, and it has been a ride for sure. Uh, when I came in, I, I had no idea what a 12 step program was about. Um, and I don't know if this will kind of show up, but, uh, that was me. Um, I live my whole adult life in between 275 and 310 pounds. And um, when I came into program, I was just out of ideas. Um, I grew up overeating and um, I just, there's certain stories that I kind of remember growing up. When I was in the fifth grade, I had a paper out, um, which led to a lot of freedoms and I kind of had my own money. and. I would, and then I would steal quarters from my pastor's house that my papers were delivered at. And I would go down to the candy shop and I'd buy as much candy as I could. And I'd go down to the river and eat it. And till I was basically um, physically sick. And I knew this was different. I didn't see other people doing it. There was a lot of shame tied to it. And I did it multiple times a week. Um, that escalated into stealing cookie dough and and then I just rationalized my stealing of money and food um, like I deserved it. And looking back, I can still feel that relief sitting down by the river, gorging myself with candy. It was like I breathed for the first time that day. And, and I always search for that effect from the food. Um, it, it, it let me breathe finally. Um, and as my disease progressed, it started, I started throwing up after really hard binges in middle school. It never got me to a normal weight, but it gave me that control that, um, that I was looking for, that I could eat and then I could throw it up. The lowest weight I ever remember was about probably 218 pounds. And that was in the eighth grade. And like I said, my whole adult life, I was 275 to 310 pounds. And there was a lot of shame involved growing up that heavy um, that I still um, work my program around. I work the 12 steps around because um, I just, I remember going to a dance and this boy asked me to dance and I, I could have swore his friends were behind him laughing. It had to be a joke. You know, there was no way I was pretty enough. There was no way you know, I was normal enough that it had to be a joke. And I remember, you know, and I always went from like thinking I was the center of the world and center of the room to thinking I was trash can level. And, and still now, you know, that is something that I work my program around. Um, and, and I never knew how to put into words how I felt growing up till I came to Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I was always a bigger, better, more addict. You know, I always had a paper out and I always worked. And, you know, if I had saved $2,000, 3,000 would be better. If I'd lost 30 pounds, 40 pounds would be better. There was no point in planting a flower unless I was planning on landscaping the whole house. And that's, that's, that was just my mindset. Um, there was no point in working a job unless I could work two at a time and be the best at both. Um, I didn't realize that until looking back, but I never looked around, took a deep breath and exhaled like happiness and contentness. There was always those treadmill goals. Like I was, I had the next one set up before I had the last one done. 
Um, and I held myself and everyone close to me to that, you know, like if somebody met my expectations, I would just bump the bar up. Um, that never satisfied that constantly comparing, you know, and I had to earn that attention and the acceptance that I desired. I wasn't freely given as the program, um, tells us, you know, it was something that I felt like I had to earn. So, um, my dad was sick when I was growing up and he had a, he died when I was 14 and, and there was a lot of comfort and food that I saw in that. And, um, I go, it goes back to it. It was like the only time I felt like that I could breathe. Um, after I graduated high school, I married my husband when I was 19. Uh, he was an alcoholic and, um, I didn't know this at the time. This was things that I learned in program, but I picked an alcoholic cause it fed my ego. Um, I was always better than him cause he was an alcoholic and I always knew the right way to think, feel, act and do. And, um, and it was easy because like he would do things like not come home at night and, you know, promise we could leave a party at a certain time and make me stay out late, late knowing I had to work the next day. Um, and then he wouldn't leave with me. He'd have a friend drop him off later. He would do things like he wouldn't work. He wouldn't provide. He'd make promises he wouldn't keep. And at the time I thought, you know, poor me, poor Grace, I have to do everything around here. I have to keep the house clean. I have to pay the bills. I have to work. I have to run my life and his life. Um, but my ego loved it because I was 100% better than him 100% of the time. Um, I had to step on his back to do this, to feed my ego. And, you know, if there were times he did good or made the right decision, I was right there e re readily, eagerly pointing out his mistakes all the past failures because he was never going to be better than me. And I just, I look back and I just, all that self-centeredness and egoness and, you know, and it goes back to our reading today about um, the perfectionism. You know, I, I expected perfection from me. I expected perfection from him. Um, and I, I needed that worth because I was so lost in the food. I was so shameful about the food. Um, sitting on the couch with a dozen diet Pepsi cans on the end table, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, weigh, weigh in 310 pounds. Um, it was the most defeated, lost, broken, and shameful existence I had ever, um, I'd ever done. And I remember comparing myself to a normal eater. And I kind of knew this even before I came into program. So I would go get a half a dozen donuts and you know, I'd have them all planned out. I have, you know, two for breakfast, two for lunch, two for supper. I'd never make it to the lunch part. So I'd eat one before and then I'd rearrange the whole day. I, I'd, from the time I got those donuts to the time they were gone, I knew exactly how many were out there and I knew exactly when I was going to eat them. And my husband, my ex-husband, he, three days later, he would ask me, do we have any donuts? And it's like, in my head, I'm like, no, we don't have any donuts. You know, those were, those were gone within six hours of getting them. But as a normal eater, he never thought about those donuts like I did. And, and that was a big, that was a big wake up call for me. Um, so, you know, and as far as the diets go, I mean, I, 
there was a few occasions I can control the food long enough to diet down to maybe 240. And, but I spent my adult life searching for that perfect book, the perfect diet, the perfect workout plan, the perfect lineup of vitamins, pills, shakes, concoctions that would help me lose that weight so that I, I could be that normal person. And, and then if I thought if I could get to this goal weight, then I could solve this food problem. I could eat like a normal person. So it was a constant revolving state of gearing up for a diet or on a diet or thinking I need to do something soon or just eating myself right back up the scale. Um, Cause as soon as I got that diet and that workout and the vitamins lined up, as soon as one of those things I missed a day, I mean, it was just, it was gone. And that resolution that this was going to work and this was going to be the thing that fixed my weight and fixed my eating. It just went right out the window. Um, and there was always like exceptions when I was on a diet, you know, there was always that, well, you know, there's, there's Valentine's day. Well, who doesn't eat chocolate on Valentine's day? You know, that's, that's tomorrow. And, and there was always, um, you know, Easter Reese peanut butter eggs or the, the party that has that special cake that this, you know, this lady makes so well. And so there was always those exceptions that looking back, I can see the allergy of the body. Um, because as soon as I ate something along that lines, you know, I might be able to be normal that one time. You know, I can have that one piece of cake and then I can leave the party and pat myself on the back and say, look, Grace, you can be normal. See, you know, you don't have a problem. You, you can do this, but it triggered this phenomenon of craving that I couldn't do it. You know, the next day I was searching for that, either that cake substitute, um, and something that a, a big gift I gave myself when I came into program was I, I was so desperate when I walked in, I had just had two children, um, five minutes. Okay. Um, I had just had two children and I was just so desperate. And so I didn't want this to look like anything I'd ever done. So I didn't weigh myself. I didn't measure myself. I didn't have the book that had the dates written down that if I lose 10 pounds a month, I could be at this goal weight. I did none of that. I had no exercise routine. I came in, I showed up, I found a sponsor, I got abstinent and I did what they asked me to do. And a big gift that I gave myself was I don't make imposter foods. Um, I don't try to look for anything in the food. I don't, I don't take abstinent ingredients and make um, banana pancakes. I don't, I don't, I, I can't do any of that because even though that doesn't, those are all abstinent ingredients, it triggers a phenomenon because there's a reason that I'm ingesting those foods. There's something that I'm looking for. Um, and that was a huge gift that, um, that I've done. And um, let me think. When I went through the steps, uh, I had no idea of God. I didn't believe in God. My step three was basically me saying I'm out of ideas. I don't believe in God, but I see that you have something that's working in your life and I'm willing to do what you did to try to find that. And that, that was all of my step three. Um, when I did my fifth step, that is when I had my spiritual awakening. Um, I left my fifth step and 
I can't because I've been searching for God for 10 years and I couldn't find him. I was such, you know, they talk about that, what blocks us. And I, I was so blocked from God. But when I did that fifth step, it, it truly unblocked me and it opened me up. And, um, and I was able to move forward. Um, six and seven, I deal, you know, I, I ask God into those every single day. Um, Cause those defects are truly what blocks me from being useful to him. Um, I do live in 10, 11, and 12 every day. Uh, 10 is, um, it's how I filter my life. I, you know, it talked about the judgment that we have in our daily reading today, that judgment of people, places, and things that if they could be different, we could be okay. And, um, and I, before I came into program, I was, a, you know, my way was the right way. And, and there was no tolerance there. And to have tolerance in my life, it takes so much pressure off of me because I don't have to be the person that figures it out. I can do the footwork and I can, I can really, really I can, the, the results are up to God. All I have to do is show up and do the next, next right thing, the next right action. And it really frees up so much headspace. I get more time to spend with my family. I get more time to spend in program um, because I, I'm not busy trying to manipulate and control all these aspects of living. And um, step 12 is, is how I get to keep doing the steps and how I learn so much from other people and their journeys. And, and um, it's just, it's been a, a beautiful way to live. I would have never thought I could lose. And the weight was a byproduct of this. Like the, it, on the scale of stuff that I am grateful for, the weight is at the bottom because I learned that the weight wasn't what was going to fix me. The steps, having that connection with God, that is what has brought me inner peace. The weight was just a byproduct. The weight did what it was supposed to do once I got abstinent and started working the steps. Um, so to have that, that I don't have to focus and obsess on anymore, I don't have to think, you know, when a new diet comes out or a new pill comes out, you know, it doesn't even cross my radar. And I keep thinking, you know, when's the other shoe going to drop, but it's been two and a half years. And this is the easiest thing I have ever done and the most fulfilled I've ever been. Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful for this program and I'm grateful for opportunities to share my story. And um, we're probably getting close. You got 38 seconds. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this is a good time to pass them. So I do. I appreciate you guys asking me to be a speaker and, and um, I'll pass them. <laughs>